You want it the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They've got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then when you sign up, use promo code WCE50 for 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything podcast number 202. It is the Thursday, March 8th edition of the show. March Madness podcast number two. Ah, Chris, I wanted to open today with the biggest topic on the board. Alabama beat number 15 Southern Miss in baseball last night. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's uh, look. That'll be the last time that we talk about college baseball for probably the rest of the month. Just a guess. And so now, if we bring up a few other things, then then so be it. But um, yeah, there's a lot to discuss once we get into like April. But for now, we're gonna stick to basketball, right? Uh, on today's show, we're talking about Penny Hardaway to Memphis and the possibilities of that whole thing. The SEC tournament, along with all of the NCAA bubble teams and whatnot, there are a ton of them. This could be the strongest bubble field that we've seen. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Alabama's Pro Day and all of the former head coaches that were hanging out. Uh, i got to get your opinion on that. And we're going to talk about the, uh, the Peyton Manning bidding war between Fox and ESPN. So, sound pretty good. Anything you want to toss on it? No, nah, we'll see. We'll see what happens between now and then. <laughs> All right, all right. If you're watching the show on Facebook Live, uh, make sure you hit the uh, the share button down there. Uh, that's definitely uh, welcome and and supported. You supporting the show, we thank you for coming in and watching and listening to it. Uh, the next thing, make sure that you uh, at one you share it out, and two uh, that you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, all your favorite podcast apps, give us a five-star review. Remember, every 25 reviews that we get, we are donating to St. Jude and Le Bonner. Uh, and then we'll post up whenever we donate. But uh, we are sitting at 33 right now on iTunes. Help us out. Get that thing up to 50, and let's do this. Let's start out, Chris. Penny Hardaway. We talked on Monday night about this. We were debating whether or not it was the right time uh, to possibly get rid of Tubby Smith right now. What are your thoughts on, on what's going on? We'll go over some of the risks and rewards. Um, do you want me to do that first, or do you want to jump in with an opinion right nope, off the bat? Nope. Okay, so it seems like Penny is thinking about bringing in an old friend to actually coach the team. What? Uh, I mean, this made national news. I didn't, I didn't think it was you know going to do that. 
this early in the stages of where we are until something maybe actually happened. But on uh, PTI yesterday on ESPN, they talked about it. And they were saying that reports are he's going to bring in Larry Brown to coach the team, like as an assistant. Yes. Listen, if that happens, my opinion has totally changed. I think Larry Brown is a top five all-time coach, college or pros. I think he's a great basketball brain. I do agree now, with that. Now, um, and, and this is another thing that you've got to be a little worried about, though, right? Larry's got a track record. I, mean, I think he's got like three or four teams that have oh, yeah. seasons. But here's the deal. You're three in the, teams. You're in the toilet right now. Everything is better than that. We oh, I worried agree. about Penny's ability to coach. If he brings in a guy like Larry, even for just a couple of years, just to say, hey, oh, yeah. Help me get started, whatever. I like, help this, me learn how to I coach, now think right? this is a home run. I agree with you. The other I, my, two my names that are listed. The Larry Brown factor totally changes it. But look, even if they don't get Larry Brown, these are the other two names that, that he is uh, interested in, and that's Paul Hewitt, who's the former Georgia Tech head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that took Georgia Tech uh, to a national championship game back in, like, 2003. Uh, he's also an insane recruiter. Got Derek Favors, Jarrett Jack, uh, Thaddeus Young out of Memphis, like all these guys to Georgia Tech, right? Um, so he he would be a possible assistant coach. And then Tony Madlock, who is the interim coach at Ole Miss yeah. uh, up until last night. Um, but he's, I mean, he's been an assistant coach for 20-some-odd years. He's got Memphis ties. He played with Penny Back in ninety one or ninety two, ninety three, yeah. whatever it was, Go, going out and getting a legit. And we talked about that. He's got to build a staff of assistant coaches that can help him. Agree, because he's never, I, I, he's never done this before. It's totally different. Right. Recruiting it is completely is different. different. Now, now let's. Do you you want me to go through the risks and the uh, and the rewards? Sure. All right, let's go on through the risks. I've got. Uh, if he fails as head coach, you could destroy a hometown hero. That is entirely possible because it's kind of the Larry Finch thing, right? The other side, uh, another risk that they've got, uh, Penny's past TSSAA issues, that's a real thing. He he plays loose with the rules in high school. And I'm cool with him playing loose with the rules here because you got to do that to be able to win in college basketball, right? It seems like everybody plays loose with the rules. Yeah, until the FBI gets involved. And (laughs) we'll see what happens. Keep the fans Uh, open. You're good. Yeah, the the <laughs> issues are eligibility issues. Uh, that's all based on the prior link rule because these are guys that played on his AAU team that he sponsors. So he's not a head coach, but it's the Team Penny uh, AAU squad or the EY uh, – whatever, EYBLE. Um, so along with that, you got Larry Brown. If he gets hired, you, everywhere he's been – like he's he's coached three places in college, UCLA, Kansas, and SMU, and all of them ended up on probation. All of them had wins vacated, all that kind of mess. So like, but if it's an assistant, he's not running the program. So like, maybe even still, he can teach Penny how to Here's coach basketball. Here's the deal: they win a national championship, vacate the damn thing in three years. I don't care. It it don't matter. No one cares. Everybody no will care. remember it. That's right. Everybody like according remember. according to the NCAA books. The Derrick Rose year with Calipari yeah. and whatnot in Memphis, quote, never happened. That's right. I don't buy that. Like, yeah, I, no, I remember. Yeah, everybody saw it. 
Yeah, I remember it. I watched it. Uh, another risk, you're hiring a head coach that's never coached at a college level. Again, the Larry Brown thing kind of kind of fixes that. Uh, the other risk was uh, was Penny's lifestyle. So Keith Easterwood has talked to us about this before. It, he likes to play golf. Everything that he does right now is set up on his own terms, on his own time. That's right. He doesn't answer he, to anybody. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about anything. So that this, all changes when he has to answer to a fan base and the school. Well, and you've got a job. And the students that he takes on, the, the players that he takes on, you've got to make a commitment. This is why Steve Spurrier failed in the NFL. It wasn't that he wasn't smart enough or good enough. He refused to put in the hours that it takes to beat teams in the NFL. There's yeah. a difference between college and pros. Steve used to always say, if I can't draw a game plan up in five hours to beat you, I'm just not going to beat you. Yeah. He got to the NFL and he realized it way too much work. It's not that I can't do it. I just don't want to. Yeah. It's Once you get there, it's just kind of, all right, you know, we'll will, see what will happens. Will any want to? Yes. Uh, now, here is the the rewards. So I had four risks and then five rewards. All right. Uh, recruiting gets an immediate boost. So I've got on the website, go to the website, winningcureseverything.com if you're checking this out. Uh, I've got a list of players. I've got uh, eight guys listed uh, leading all the way up to the 2020 class that are all top 100 guys that you would immediately get a boost. And, and no, not all of them are going to sign, but there is a good chance that a lot of them will. You, you could seriously have the most talented team in college basketball like that. Memphis, what people don't realize outside of this area is you could just recruit in town. Yeah. And, and you could compete every year. You might not be the best team in the, year, in the league, but you don't have to recruit on a national scale at all. Just well, the team, to, to the team that Penny was on back in 1992, 93, whatever, yeah. 12 of the 13 players were from the Memphis area. That's right. And they went to the Elite Eight. So you, you got to get the hometown kids before right. you do anything else. You exactly. Just have to. At least here, this is a community program. That's how this entire place was built, That's was right. on the community. So Calipari did it without all of that, right? And but Cal, he was able to. Cal's, Cal's a totally different kind of person. Exactly. Though. Nobody other than Cal has ever been able to succeed that way around here. Um, Memphis is a lot like the D.C. area. You know, yeah. you don't think of that as a basketball town, but high school basketball is huge. Oh, it's absolutely. Cal comes out of there. And that's when Georgetown used to be a megastar is because they could recruit locally in the last decade. They haven't been able to. They can't get those kids. Yeah. kids are, they're going to Philadelphia. They're going. They're, they're leaving state. And that's, I think that, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. <laughs> Ewing is going to be able to change that, I think. You, well, you got to try. He doesn't have nearly the recruiting tie-ins that Penny does. Oh, no, no, no. no. It's not even close. Not even close. Uh, another reward, excitement, possibly reaching Calipari era levels. Look, Memphis Madness, the first one that they do if he becomes head coach, through the roof. That place will be packed. It'll be sold out. You'll, you'll have all kind of local celebrities coming back in just to be a part of it right off the bat. Right? It's, it's exciting. And we're not going to know what he's like, as, like whether or not he actually can coach for years. Right, like it, it's at least two years, and by that point, you've already been selling out tickets. You've already you already got people buying gear. Like, 
and recruiting is going up because you know that the guy can recruit. That was Passner's thing. See, I, but I, I, I disagree a little bit. I think that, yes, the excitement's going to be there. This could end up being like a firecracker, though. It could be oh, real yeah. pretty and real cool. And once they tip the ball off, they lose to UT Martin, it all goes away game one. I mean, it's Agreed. just it. You know, they bring in, you know, Christian Brothers to, to play a scrimmage or whatever, and they lose again like they have in the past. It's over. It's over. Everybody's done with the excitement. And now show me something. Well, the big thing is you've already sold season tickets. So at that point, you're getting the financial boost, and you're bringing in players. The odds of them losing to Christian Brothers or whoever, well, Pastor not great. To them. That was a good, talented team. Agreed. Agreed. Pastor's a way better coach than Benny. Well, that was – all right, so that was the next to last year for Pastor. Yeah. And that was a, a precursor of what was coming, right? So you, you knew – But that was okay. still a talented team. I'm with you. They were they talented. They played that game a hundred times. They should not lose once. Yeah, I agree with you there. Now, I, exhibition games completely different because you're trying lineups and all that kind of stuff. I didn't beat up Passner back then because it's an exhibition game. You're not well, trying. The, the to... problem is, is what does that do to your image locally, though? You can try. You can say we're trying all these things and we're doing all well, these I think, things. And I that's think why that we it lost will... it. But how do you how do you explain it to people at home? Man, they don't care. They don't care no, what I agree. you're trying to do. You can't lose to a small school like that. Even in an exhibition. I agree yeah, with you. you just can't do it. At, at least. There we go. Don't know what happened. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi happened. All so right. So I am at the University of Memphis right now. I think everybody okay. and their mother is trying to watch the Tigers. So it's a little okay. crazy. It's well, a little bit crazy. Um, so we talked about how excitement could reach uh, Calipari era levels. Uh, the next reward, immediate financial boost. You're going to have people donating again. You're going to have season ticket holders again. This will all happen before he even coaches a game. Correct. Which helps immensely, right? You've got all of the big boosters coming behind somebody that reminds them of when they were really into Tiger basketball. That's a big deal. Like, that helps out a ton. So the financial boost helps. Uh the next is, we talked about Penny reaching out to the perfect assistant coaches. You can't get a better group than what he's talking about right now. And no, no he's not going to get them all. No, no, no. But, no. but they're perfect for him. Like, so I, obviously you already know that he understands what he needs help with. That's one thing that Josh Pastner never got, right? Yeah. He needs so, help with doing the job. Yes, sure. you needed an older guy. Well, yeah, so Pastner needed an older guy that, that could teach him X's and O's. He had no problem going getting players, right? Well, Tubby Smith is the complete opposite. Sure. He, they already know how to do the job. They needed somebody to go get players, and they never did that. With Penny, you get Tony Madlock. You get Larry Brown or Paul Hewitt or both or whatever. You got guys that can recruit. You got guys that can actually coach. I'm good with all of it. Uh, and then the next one is, it, look, the reward is he loves coaching, he loves helping kids, and he loves his city. Like, that's the biggest thing is it's easy to get behind a guy that is from here, that played here, that you watched grow up here. It's a lot different than bringing in an outsider that will go around town and not be willing to, to shake hands and, and know everybody, right? When it becomes more personal, it's different. 
So you said he loves coaching. We don't know if he loves coaching because he's never done it. He's right. been no, he's been coaching uh, middle school and high school for free for eight years. And is no, he been I don't know that coaching, or is he just kind of like running camps and? No, he's program. actually been coaching. So, I, so I, I started digging into this right, and eight years ago, one of his best friends was given twenty four hours to live, and he lived a little bit longer than that. But it, they, it was he was on his deathbed, and he asked Penny to come and, you know, say bye to him, all that. He asked Penny to do him a favor. He was the coach, like the head coach, at Lester Middle School over in Binghampton. You know who was on that team? Alex Lomax. Okay. Who is now senior top 150 guard that's going to Wichita State that, yeah. that Memphis wanted but couldn't get. But Alex Lomax plays for Penny on East High School. And he's played with him with Team Penny for – God knows how many years, but he's been doing this for eight years. Like, and he hasn't been paid a dime. He's been doing it for free because he wants to help these kids. So, and it's the same thing with like the, uh, the team penny stuff, the AAU team. Yeah. That's, this is what he enjoys doing. Now it is completely different when you get into college basketball, right? But there's still the aspect of helping local kids, bringing kids in to the city's university. And and I like that. Like, I like that idea. It's a lot different than what we've been through, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right, exci I'm excited. Listen, I, 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 I want you to tell me this. Started this thing. Is, is it a genius move or is it a desperate move by an administ uh, administration that does not understand how to run a college basketball program? Give me that. Can it be both? I don't see why not. It's our show. We can, we I mean, can say whatever we want. I, mean, I know that's kind of a cop-out. I don't think they have many other choices. If what you're saying is true about the financials and they don't have the money to go get anybody, then so your chances are you throw a million bucks at somebody and hope that they like the Memphis job and come in and can do a good job. And the then don't leave you for something gonna, bigger not gonna, later. Not going to be something special. But, yeah, or you, you say, hey, Penny, will you come in for the cheap? At, at first, and let's see how we can do this thing. Yeah, but if it works, oh, you're absolutely a genius. You don't have any other option. McKinnon just wrote us a, uh, a paragraph on here. Uh, <laughs> he said, I have dramatically mixed feelings on the issue. I think Tubby's a great coach still, but we all knew when he was hired that he needed time to make this team and build what he knows. However, we never imagined that Penny would be available, and seeing as he's a hometown hero, it's hard not to imagine him coming back. Like you said, Gary, I'm just afraid that if he doesn't do well, it would just ruin his name in this town, or at the very least, knock it down a few pegs. But at the end of the day, I see him being a valid answer only on the basis of recruitment and ticket sales. Bring on the penny. I think it's valid for more than just what he was saying. But yes, Tubby Smith is a great man. But look, he is set in his ways, and college basketball doesn't work the way that it did 20 years I've, ago. I've defended Tubby way too much on this show. It, it, he needs it. He needs to hang it up. The game yeah. has, has passed him by. If he wants to Look, try to go to a small school to keep coaching, be my guest. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, Jason and John wants to be competitive for a team that wants to get back into the tournament and wants to be. At one point in time, we were a blue blood with Cal. Yeah, I want to be known as that again. I want to be seen as that again. Wait, so when it. when your front porch is basketball, that's right. 
you can't have a bad basketball team. It doesn't matter how football's doing. Memphis will always be a basketball program. That's just the way it's been built. Um, the other side of it is it, with Tubby Smith, obviously he doesn't enjoy recruiting. Obviously he doesn't like the media pressure. He doesn't want to have to talk to radio guys and all this. Jason and John, you know, John Martin at 92.9 in Memphis, um, brought up that High Point, the job where his alma mater is looking for a head coach. I'm just saying it fits. He doesn't have to recruit there. He doesn't have to handle media obligations. It's just you get to go in and do what you love, which is you go in and you actually work with kids. That's right. And you don't have to bring in five-star talent all the time. That's right. And you don't have to cater to mamas right. and dads at all. Right. It's, it's just different in Memphis. That's all it is. And, and I feel like Penny gets that, and I don't think Tubby ever did. I, I'm sure he probably gets it now. But, you know, we'll go on from that. Uh, let's talk about the SEC tournament because we just spent forever on Penny Hardaway, but that is the big story around these, around these parts. So the SEC tournament uh, on Wednesday night, we had Georgia 78, Vandy 62. We had uh, South Carolina 85, Ole Miss 84. So Tony Madlock's career as the head coach at Ole Miss appears to be done. Um, and then in the first game this afternoon, Alabama wins on a buzzer beater over Texas A&M. Uh, it's 72-71 or 71-70 or wh whatever it was. Colin Sexton, uh, top 10 NBA pick coming up in this draft, hits a uh, floater at the buzzer. Uh, it looks like Alabama has a good shot to get in. I, I believe that Alabama fans would feel much better if they get a win over Auburn tomorrow. Uh, here's the rest of the schedule today uh, leading into tomorrow. Today you've got, um, let's see, Missouri against Georgia. And you've got LSU, Mississippi State later at 6 p.m. You've got Arkansas and South Carolina tonight. Uh, any of those that you were super interested in? I would imagine yeah. LSU, Mississippi State. That – but uh, the game going on now, Missouri against Georgia, got a chance to see Larry Porter Jr. He's supposed to play tonight. Michael Porter Jr.? Michael Porter Jr., sorry. Yeah, um, Larry Porter coached at Memphis a few years ago. <laughs> that's right. That's how I know that name. We're doing Memphis, Memphis uh, history here. Um, no, Michael Porter Jr., this will be his first game back. Um, he's in the game right now. Watch him. The, I'm curious to see how well he plays, how fatigued he is, how in shape is he. Um, not really how his back holds up because I don't think he'd be playing if he was worried about no. that. He's kind of no, been I think he'd be fine. enough to play for the for a couple of weeks. Um, oh yeah, and so so it's just one of those things. I'll tell you this: I wanted to kind of get and I don't know like what point in the show to 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 have this conversation. If I was going to lay odds on this year's NCAA tournament, I will tell you, and and you know how much this has to mean because you know how much I hate Alabama. But right now, Alabama and Missouri are both 40-1 to 1 to win the tournament. And I think one of two things is going to happen. 40-1? to 40-1, to 1. okay. That's way I, better. I saw that on Vegas uh, Insider. I couldn't find it on a sports betting website. That's about. surprising to me. Yeah, so both of them are 40-1. to 1. If, if Michael Porter Jr. comes back healthy, Missouri has already played well, and he becomes the star that we all thought he was when he first got there. Oh, agreed. That's the kind of guy that could go from, like, a, a nine seed and win the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Alabama, much as this pains me to say, a bias aside, 
how you win in this tournament consistently, you have great team defense and a and great guard play and a, and a well and a transcendent star. Okay. Oh yeah. That that has been a a, a big factor for winning as well. They're not going to be seated great. Doesn't matter. Neither one of them, I don't think, will be seated well. But it, I don't know that it matters this year. I don't know that there's anybody at the top that scares me. So if you gave me I, all the one seeds and the two seeds or the field, I would bet the field. Now, is this 40-1 to 1 for the SEC tournament or for the NCAA tournament? For the NCAA tournament. Holy crap. I'm on Vegas Insider right now because it's the only place I can find the odds. And it's got a ton of teams – like 20 to 1, and then a few 25, then 33, and then you've got four teams that are 40 to 1, and that is Ohio State, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Alabama. That is absolutely surprising. But those, that, that those is, are two teams that I will probably wager a little bit of money on if I can find a, a legit line to put it on because, because they have what I like to watch in a tournament. Alabama plays yeah. great team defense, and they got a transcendent star that can take over a game offensively. Missouri, absolutely, they've been playing well without Porter, and you throw him in. When they, they got Porter's younger brother on there too. Well, and he's been pretty good. But this kid, this kid's supposed to be when he was came in last year, supposed to be this mega star, first yeah. pick draft kind of guy overall. Oh yeah, if he can show up, he's gonna make himself some cheese. You got that right. You absolutely got that so right. So that's I'm looking for more for it to finish and watch in this game than any of the rest of tonight's games. I'm hoping that if Missouri gets through Georgia, then we can get our. I'm hoping they do get through Georgia so that we can see Michael Porter Jr. against me, Kentucky. Me too. Me too. That's I want what I would him like to, to stay playing in the SEC tournament as long as possible. If oh yeah, if I'd have thought about it. I would have tried to find odds for them to win the SEC tournament because I bet they were pretty good, knowing that you don't really know what you're getting out of him. Um, well, and knowing that you got to play Kentucky in the next game. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I'll tell um, you another team that I would actually wager on would be Kentucky. They're 25 to one on this Vegas Insider thing, and they just look like the kind of team that's getting hot at the right time. Yeah. Played down all year, didn't look great, didn't beat would, anybody good, and right now I would now, hold off on that. I would I would wait because Jared Vanderbilt got hurt in practice earlier this week, and he was quote day to day. But then there's also been reports that he may not play in the entire SEC tournament. Who knows what the injury is going to mean for the NCAA tournament? Uh, and I'll and remember, it. the committee loves to seed Kentucky in the absolute most difficult bracket, where Joe Lenardi has them seated right now, yeah. is in the same bracket with. Michigan State, North Carolina, and uh, Virginia. Yeah, they, they're always <laughs> in the bracket of hell. And it's strange because you punish them, but you also punish those other teams in there. Last year, exactly, it was them, UCLA, and uh, North Carolina. Like, that's brutal, man. That is Oh, insane. absolutely. And you're not just punishing, you know, Cal, because they all hate Cal. You're, well, yeah. you're punishing UCLA, and you're punishing and Roy Williams, too. Well, yeah, and, and Roy Williams got a buzzer beater to beat him, That's but, right. but it wasn't easy. No. They, I mean, you gotta, you got to get through Kentucky to get to a Final UCLA, Four. Maybe UCLA gets to North Carolina, and you don't know how that game's going to go. Exactly. you got no idea. No idea. It's just crazy. Uh, tomorrow's games, you got Auburn and Alabama at, uh, at noon. Then you've got uh, Kentucky and the winner of this game, Missouri and Georgia. 
You've got uh, Tennessee and the winner of LSU, Mississippi State. And you got Florida and the winner of Arkansas and uh, South Carolina. A lot of good basketball going on in St. Louis. I wish I was up there. I, I thought about leaving work uh, and, and just going up there in the morning for the noon game and then just driving back because it's only about a four-hour drive from Memphis. And so I, I debated it. Probably not going to do it. So we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, probably next year, though. I may, I may go up to Nashville next year because it's slightly closer. Oh, Nashville. Um, a better place to go. I agree. I agree. The Scott Trade Center in St. Louis is, is fine, but we'll go from there. Either way. Um, let's talk some uh, some bubble teams right quick. Okay. Uh, we have got, uh, let's see. Joe Lenardi has got these teams listed as his bubble team. So if you are a fan of a bubble team, you need some of these other ones to get beat, right? So Alabama beats Texas A&M today. According to the ESPN BPI, that means that they have a 99% chance to get into the NCAA tournament. With the win over Texas A&M, who was a top 25 RPI team, and a game against Auburn tomorrow, um, that moves their schedule or their strength of schedule up from number five to number four. And it could even go further than that because they would have to play either Missouri or Kentucky after that if they beat Auburn tomorrow. Either way, that's pretty good strength of schedule. Pretty, pretty ridiculous. Uh, Louisville got a win over Florida State yesterday. They got blown out by Virginia today, 75 to 58. Providence and Creighton are playing right now. Providence is uh, is on. Listen, I have a solution for this. You do understand that, right? What is that? You're the IT guy there. Shut <laughs> everybody else's Wi-Fi off for 40 minutes while we do this, then turn it back on, and nobody will know the wiser. They'll just think that we had an outage. And you can be like, hey, I fixed it. Now you're a hero because people are ticked off. I will, I will tell you this. We are doing a Wi-Fi expansion. Like we are, we're adding Wi-Fi uh, boosters and whatnot all over campus starting in May. Not going to help us today. But either way, yeah. we'll try and run through this really quickly and, or and next get week. back to it. Or the and, week yeah. after. Well, I'm or hoping the next week should be a little bit easier. Oh, yeah, nobody will be there next week. Well, no, no, nobody's here this week, really, other than the professors. But because there's no students, everybody's on their computer. Just turn them off. I can't do that. You don't have that kind of cool. <laughs> there's got no. to be an emergency button to where you can turn off everybody else's Wi-Fi. You're the IT guy. I, th just because I'm IT doesn't mean I work networking. That's man, a whole different department, you man. You need to find a way to, like, break that. I'm with you. Somewhere. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Baylor plays West Virginia tonight. They need that win. Um, That's a tough US, one. Huggy yes. Bear don't like to give up, give up L's. No, he does not. No, uh, but, tough. I mentioned USC and Oregon State. If USC loses to Oregon State, they're probably out of this thing. They may not be in it anyway. We'll see. Um, Texas beat uh, Iowa State last night in a really close game, uh, and they played Texas Tech tonight. So Texas Tech, fourth seed, or no, uh, two seed? Two seed in the Big 12, I believe. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big one. Texas needs that one. Uh, Oklahoma, they lost eight of their last ten. They got hammered by Oklahoma State last night. What do you think of them? Are they going to get some pull because no. of their early season stuff? No, this, this is going to tick me off. This is going to make me mad is what it's going to do. If Oklahoma gets in, the team that's wiped the floor with them twice, Oklahoma State, is probably going to be out. They're not making it in. 
that's going to piss me off. And the only reason Oklahoma's getting in is because this is still a TV show that the network. You need Trey Young. Yeah. You need Trey Young. Young. They want Trey Young because weekend one, you don't need it. You don't need anybody because chaos is going to ensue and that's what you want. Weekend two, three, and on down the road, you need stars. Yep. And Oklahoma still technically has a shot. They could be good enough. But it doesn't matter. Feasibly. They haven't they haven't earned it. They should be out. They should not be on a boat. I'm with you. They it doesn't matter what happens to anybody else. What they have done the last month and a half of this season has been awful. They need to be yes. I agree. Uh so UCLA plays Colorado tonight. That's a big one. Arizona State lost to Colorado last night. They may be in trouble. Yeah, they they are eight and eleven in the Pac twelve this year. Not good. But they're they're non conference. They beat Xavier. They beat uh Kansas. They were great in non conference. It's been in conference against a bad Pac twelve schedule that they have looked awful. So they might be in trouble, especially with the loss to a a, a really not good Colorado team last night. Uh, you Oklahoma think, State. Yeah, that ball stuff ha- like really hurt their program and got in those kids' heads. Wait, you wait. Which stuff? The UCLA guys. Oh no, no, no! I, I don't think so. Like at all. losing Mello in the middle of the season, having to kick the other two kids or suspend the other two I think, kids. I think they got better. Oh, oh, oh I, I'm definitely saying it's addition by subtraction. Yeah. But, I mean, how much of a how much of your program do you have to turn over to the Ball family to recruit all those kids? And now, now you're free from that. You think next year is just going to be like a whole new season? We're walking on sunshine and we're starting over fresh. I don't think that Steve Alford is a good basketball coach. Okay, so <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so look, they remember they wanted to get Steve Alford out of there forever ago. And and then they got hot and they got Lonzo Ball and all this stuff and and then they no, had to re up. Couldn't do it last year because nope. yeah, right. So you know, I mean, it's it, I don't think he's a good coach. He he never has been. He wasn't great at New Mexico when UCLA fired Ben Howland. They didn't have a plan. They had nothing. So they went with a guy that had made several NCAA tournaments and whatnot, and he's done okay at UCLA, but he ain't on the level that that UCLA likes to be at. Uh, even last year with the three seed, like they do were good. Do you think UCLA's expectations are too high right now? Do they think they are somebody better than they really are? They are no different than Kentucky, Indiana, Arizona, North That's Carolina, right. Kansas. Yeah, those places are big. They're still big. Boys. I know. Well, UCLA is is big boys in okay. basketball. Like that, they are a blue blood school. They are a they top eight program. I'm wondering, are they still? I don't see any reason why not. Okay. If you get the right guy in there, then absolutely. But as we have seen, you get the wrong guy in, Kentucky can fail, North gotcha. Carolina can fail. Like okay. all of these places, and Duke, nobody knows what they're like without no, Coach K. No, because they weren't a blue blood before Coach K. Exactly. So, it, and, he's, and he's been, been there for forty years. years. Yeah. However long it's been, uh, Notre Dame beat Virginia yeah. Tech. Uh, Notre Dame, I know, right? I mean, it's freaking forever. He's got to be 95. He's like a vampire. It's just unreal. Uh, Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech last night. They get due tonight. They are an interesting case because they were without uh, Bonzi Colson for so long, who was their All-American guy. And 
like they get Duke tonight. So if they beat Duke, like it, they've got a case. But the issue is, I mean, these guys lost to like Ball State with Bonzi in the lineup, and and they weren't exactly beating teams before he went out with an injury. When he yeah. went out with an injury, they lost like seven or eight straight, and they don't have a whole lot of big wins to to put their hat on. But they they got enough that maybe. Like, if a few things go their way, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it'll be interesting. If they beat Duke tonight, then, then they've got a very interesting case. Marquette barely beat DePaul last night. If they had lost, they would have been out. they get Villanova tonight. That's going to be tough. Uh, although, well, Villanova is, what, four and three in their last seven? Like, they've lost some interesting games that they probably should not have lost. Uh, you got Syracuse getting hammered by North Carolina last night. That probably ended their season. Uh, so they'll probably end up in the NIT. Uh, they don't have – I think they've got two top 50 RPI wins. So they've got some quadrant run, uh, one wins, but there's not a whole lot of substance there. Uh, Penn State finished up last week in the Big Ten tournament. They don't have a whole lot on their resume other than three wins over Ohio State. Uh, and that was just a matchup problem. Like yeah. They had – yeah, Ohio State had issues with them. And then uh, the other bubble team, Boise State. Boise State plays Utah State. Uh, likely needs to win the Mountain West tournament, though, uh, even if they get to the tournament final. No, like, I think they got to win it to get in. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. So there's a lot to watch over the next few days. Those are your teams to keep up with. Uh, we'll have an article up about that in the morning on what you need to pay attention to tomorrow. Uh, let's move on to uh, Alabama's Pro Day, and uh, and we'll close out with these two subjects. Uh, look, you and I got into it a little bit the other day about Butch Jones possibly moving into an analyst role at Alabama. Let's first discuss this. Jones was at Alabama's Pro Day yesterday wearing Alabama team apparel. But when he was asked about it, Saban said during his media availability that Alabama is, quote, interested in having Jones on staff. But, quote, I don't know where that is. We have issues that we need to go through to be able to hire somebody from another school. I haven't gotten a report on where that is right now. We saw the same thing happen with Hugh Freeze trying to get jobs inside the conference. Is the SEC trying to keep fired coaches from other schools from from helping other teams in the league? And what would be the reasoning if they are? <laughs> Here's the good thing about it. We, we haven't had to end and restart the broadcast. No, so that's just, good. He's picking up. I, I swear. How it will look on a replay, but. Well, I guess somebody will tell us, right? What was the question you asked? Uh, so Saban said. Uh, uh, he, oh, is the SEC go... behind this? Yeah, it, like we have issues that we need to go through to be able to hire somebody from another yeah. school. I haven't gotten a report on where that is right now. The same thing happened to Hugh Freeze. Correct. Uh, is the SEC trying to keep fired coaches from helping other teams in the league? I don't know why they would try to keep fired coaches, but I do think that they. I do think they actively tried to do something with you. I think the SEC as a commission believed that the NCAA missed this. They bumbled it, that he was a black eye, not just on Ole Miss, but on the conference, and they didn't want him here again. I okay. think that. I would not think there would be any reason why, unless they felt there was some type of tampering involved with Alabama and Tennessee, but the Butch Jones at Tennessee was the biggest joke of the year. No one school or any combination of schools could have screwed that up any more than Hugh Freeze, uh, than, than Butch Jones screwed it up himself. Agreed. 
So, so no, I don't. I, I don't think that. I mean, unless there's some language in the in his like contract or whatever, or in his dismissal that says, you know, you know, we're terminating your contract. You're being fired. Here's your severance. But like they do with players, we have the right to block you. Maybe I don't know. Like if you go to work for this school or right. these schools, then right. then you and, don't and get maybe, all of your. And maybe out. Butch agreed to it, thinking. Alabama's not going to hire me. Look what the, look at what look at what just happened. You're going to yeah. block me from going to Alabama. All right. Or or if they didn't like specify whether it was an on-field role or right. as an analyst. Yeah. So and, then and you got to figure know, that. Out. I'm I'm totally guessing on all that. I do think the the SEC got involved in the Hugh Free deal. I yeah. I can't imagine that they're going out of their way to keep Butch from getting a job. I know, it just doesn't make sense. Now, the only thing I can think of is if there are people in the offices of the SEC that said this guy embarrassed one of our flagship, you know, schools that badly. He was that big of a joke and that bad of of a hire. We don't want him to be a part of it. But you can't mandate schools making bad decisions, okay? You just, you just can't. If if you were going to do that, then then why allow Lane Kiffin? That, you know, that, well, but didn't Lane Lane came in before this organization came in? Lane came in when Sly was still running things. Agreed, but but That's, Slive was like Slive was the one that didn't like Lane Kiffin. Well, I know that, but Sly never Sly never meddled unless it affected the brand. Agreed, and, but that's see that's what makes me question it. It's like, but I don't think this affects the brand. I don't think so think, either. Unless they think like I think, which this is going to be the downfall of Alabama, and they're like, we have to protect <laughs> Alabama from hurting themselves and doing something stupid. Agreed, agreed. Uh, on the other side of this, a former Arizona coach Rich Rodriguez and former Arkansas coach uh, Brett Bielema were also on the sidelines. Nobody has any explanation for why they were there. Uh, do you have any ideas? I'm just – it's not going to go good. I just don't want to talk about it. Well, I just I, – I don't know. If Rich Rodriguez no ends up being an analyst for Alabama, I'm going to be furious. Oh, I could imagine. That guy is a – Butch Jones is not a head coach. Butch Jones is a joke, okay? Brett Bielema – and and Rich Rod are legit head coaches. Now they might yes. be able to coach with the Blue Bloods, but they are real deal qualified, bona fide coaches. I do agree with that. For them, I do handle this role would would spin me spiraling into a dimension of pissed off that's not <laughs> because because now there's funny business happening. Right? Why would you well, it's, not it's coaches take a head that... coaching job? But you're going to sit in a booth in a in a in a window and only watch film. Well, the issue is if you want to come in and learn under Nick Saban. But right? those two guys don't need to learn. They don't need to learn. Rich well, Rod obviously they do because they both got fired. Saban. Saban's not going to teach you anything about offense. Not, a, not on that offense. That guy's forgotten but, more about how to run offenses than Nick will ever know. But that's the deal, right? It, it's a two-way street. It helps out both because both of them obviously need help running programs, and nobody does it better than Nick Saban, at least not right now. So – Nick Saban teaches them how to run a program. They divulge their offensive knowledge or however much of it that they want to, and then they go from there. I mean, I, look, I don't think – Now, Brett Bielema would be like the best marriage Saban has ever had. Because all he I do agree with do that. is run the football. He wants big athletic offensive linemen, and he wants to run the football. And I Nick agree. And say, this is – this. now, Rich Rod, Rich Rod is Lane Kipton, which I don't know would work. 
I want to throw the football. I want to run and shoot. I want a lot of weird shifts and weird formations and put up big points. It's I, a lot of it's a lot of fun to think about the fact that Rich Rod was actually at Pro Day because this was his job. It had he accepted it back when he was at West Virginia, and instead Alabama goes and gets Nick Saban after Rich Rod rejects him, and then he ends up going to Michigan the next year. So I, I'm with you. I, I think it's insane. Uh, all of it is crazy. I don't know what they're doing down there. It, of course, we could be talking about nothing, but it did seem really odd to me that both of those guys were there just kind of lounging around, schmoozing, shaking hands with all the NFL scouts and whatnot. So, you know. Now, unless, it, they're, unless they're clamoring for NFL gigs, which Rich Rod would probably be. The way the I NFL think both of them would be fine. Going, Rich Rod would definitely be a benefit to the, to the NFL. I agree. I agree. All right, last topic of the day. Let's get out of here before this Wi-Fi goes out on us again. Uh, let's close out the show talking about Peyton Manning. Okay. It appears he's going to be in the booth at some point soon. Uh, that's going to be either with Fox for Thursday Night Football or ESPN for Monday Night Football. Both are reportedly willing to offer $10 million a year. And I'm sure they probably end up going over that. It's kind of turned into a bidding war. On which network do you feel like he fits best and why? Probably fits best with ESPN. I think I agree with you. It's an SEC network. Um, he He's done, like, so many ESPN commercials already for him. Um, he was a big SB guy his whole playing career. Like, he just – he fits in their mold of what they want. And I, I like I actually the think idea. they're more desperate for it, too. Well, I think if you bring him in for Monday Night Football on ESPN, then you can – you can put him on SEC Network. Yes. You can put him on the big college football games. You can do all that. Oh, Fox you can, has a very you can limited. Put him on Sunday primetime. You can do all kinds. Well, not on ESPN. Oh, you talking about, oh, yes, yeah, Sunday prime, like the pregame show. Yeah, yeah, you can do all kind of stuff. So basically, do with him what they did with uh, with John Gruden. That's right. But but he could be like have an SEC guy for you as well. Camp. Have him yeah. do exactly what Gruden did, oh, but only that a would be fantastic. Times Yes, just, that would be just fantastic. Just a gazillion times better than Gruden could ever imagine being. I love it. I yeah. love that idea. No, I so I, could get that. I I would rather him be on ESPN, too, just because there's more, I think, for him to do. I think if he goes to Fox, he will do the games, and we won't see much outside of that. No, they because they don't there's... have all the different shows that, that ESPN has. They just right. don't. It's not what they, that's not how they built their model. I think it fits better for Peyton Manning's brand. Like, it, he, they may be the same money. I think that his brand goes further on ESPN than it oh, will on Fox. Like, I'll tell you this. If he ever does want to branch that side of coaching or if he wants to move into NFL ownership of something of that nature, ESPN will help him better than Fox will. I agree with that a thousand percent. It's not even close. I agree. I agree. It's like we just said. It's if he goes to Fox, he will do Thursday night football. He will be unbelievable at it. We won't see him the rest of the week. Agree. Agree. And that's that's the good thing. He may not want to be seen the rest of the week. Oh, like, no, you're it, right. it's all on what he wants. Well, right? but he could easily tell ESPN, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, he can he can basically I find do whatever it funny he wants that, to. 
that an area that was hemorrhaging money all of a sudden said, we fired, we lost a guy that was weighing us down for $6 million. Now we'll pay $4 million more to get somebody else. But at least they'll be getting somebody better. I think that Peyton Manning is actually worth listeners as oh, opposed to John Gruden. will go through the roof. You know what Romo looked like when he first started TV? That week exactly. one CBS game, crazy. Oh, it's where where Romo's calling plays and whatnot. He's predicting what plays guys. You know, Peyton will do the same thing. This is going to be Romo 2.0. Peyton's going to be unbelievable at it. He's probably going to be a lot funnier than Romo because he's been in front of a camera way more. Yes, he knows exactly what he's doing. Always better than everybody else's. (laughs) This guy knows how to be in front of a camera. Yes, he does. Reps, and so I I think he's going to be better. I think uh, Monday Night Football ratings will go through the roof. I agree. I think, think it's unbelievable. I can't wait to see it. He should make a uh, decision here pretty soon, and I'm sure we'll be all over it. Chris, we'll be back on Sunday. Um, Sunday night after the selection show, you and I will be uh, knocking this thing out. I am looking forward to it. we got three more days of basketball before we get to that, and uh, and it should be a fun tournament, man. Everything's been pretty unpredictable as uh, as of now. And I expect that to go further into this month. Um, you guys know what to do. Go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. Share this bad boy out. Tell all your buddies about the show. Uh, we go live every Thursday around lunchtime. This week was a little bit different. Uh, we go live on Monday nights at 6 p.m. Central Time. And make sure you subscribe and review uh, the podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, I prefer Podcast Addict, but that's just me. Uh, Chris, I will see you in studio on Sunday night. See ya. All right. Have a good one, everybody. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 551- Two two six nine eight nine nine, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every twenty-five written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.